Yo, welcome to the show, welcome to the show. I am your host, the Afro Boy, Prince Unity, and this is the Lost African Podcast, where we talk about all things African, all things black, from history, culture, financial literacy, uh, and social and political topics, you know, controversy. So let's get into it. Um, this topic actually came about because a sister asked me in so many words, as I use my bonics as a uh, born black American, foundation of black American, or African American, or Afro American, she was like, why do you say nigga and you're supposed to be so pro-black? And, you know, for the people, black youth, you know, uh, Afro-unity, all those things in between, right? As people begin to know me as what I support and do prior to, right? This is recently. A lot of people are getting to know me now. They have not known me throughout my... Um, journey, right? But I stand on these things, and I do. And it made me ask the question, just to have this conversation, you know, well, is is pro-blackness or pan-Africanness, right, to, to African unity, black unity, is that really a monolith, right? Is that is that really a thing? Because a lot of people, when I speak, right, and go into my nature, so there's my nature, how I was born culturally, ethnically, because there's me ethnically as a black American, um, me ethnically um, as an Afro-American, and my culture, which is black culture. And then there's the development of me understanding who I am as of heritage, as of history, past my chains um, as an African man, descending from great African people. Uh to the motherland and everyone in between, right? And she was like, well, you know, you perceive and do all these things or say all these things and then you use nigga, right? Now, my first response to us when we originally had the conversation, you know, I was like, well, how does this take away, uh, you know, what I believe and what I want from my people? Because here's the definition. This is from the Urban Dictionary, right? Because, of course, I'm going to give you some historical context or some form of facts now. You can Google all this for yourself. You can look it up all for yourself um, about what pro-black means or what pan-Africanist is or means. Uh, full disclaimer. But from the UrbanDictionary.com, this is their definition of pro-black. Pro-black is a lifestyle that encourages the economical growth and development of the black people as a whole with the purpose of increasing the wealth and population of black people around the world. Whether it be spending money with a black owned business in your communities or online, promoting love for black people, encouraging black youth. Its sole purpose is to keep uplifting black people in America and to be proud of it at the same time. So, in the basis of this definition, no. There is no standard. There is no syllabus, criteria, order, or representation that you need to take to be pro-black. When, especially when it comes to terminology or linguistics, right? How you speak or when you use Ebonics. 
Uh, and that was my main rebuttal in, in a cusp, right, when it comes to this. And I used examples of if you watch, like if you go watch, like right now, you can go watch Godfather of Harlem. You go watch Godfather of Harlem, you'll hear the person who betrays Malcolm X, and you don't even hear this in Malcolm X's speech. Uh, they use the terminology nigga or negroes, because remember, th- these things became vice versa, and almost like how. Hunnanyms and seminyms, right? Now, my sister responds while we were having this conversation before I get into Pan-Africanism because they, they are like brothers and sisters of the same ideology. She was like, well, they never use it in the term of uh, disgrace, right? Or, or defamation, right? Because she perceived when we had the conversation that I was using it. no. That I was using in that fashion. No, I'm just using the descriptive term of a brother naturally, right? Now, does it necessarily mean that it has to be positive or that it was positive? No, you don't always will take it that way. I cannot explain to people how they'll take it. But what I will say is, is in in my nature, when we come across people, you you have to walk with them, right? You cannot walk into a room uh, and let's use educational system, right? You cannot, cannot, you cannot walk into a room, right? If we're going to use like uh, the educational system, you cannot walk into a room where people who have only learned basic mathematics, addition, subtraction, and you come in there speaking Geometry, trigonometry, algebra, those worlds will not collide unless you're able to bridge and teach through simple and developing linguistics, right? So now, if I walk into a room, and we're going to keep it there, if I walk into a room and I say two plus two is four, right? I said 2 plus 2 is 4. It equals 4. That's what it is. And then, as I use the developed linguistics, I learn. And say, hey, I got another way to teach you how to equal 4. Right? I say, divide 8 by 2. 8 by 2, give you 4. You go, Damn. That's right. I would like that's right. Now let's flip it over to the language. I could say black man, you got a lot of work to do. You got a lot of work on your mental health or communicating with your black women or communicating with your brothers. All these things you need to develop. Because right now, you ain't getting it. No. Yes, my people do speak English. Yes, they will most likely understand that. But what may resonate to some versus others, if I 
just said is if I was hanging with the guys, man, y'all niggas don't be treating y'all women right. Y'all, y'all gotta get this together, man. Y'all niggas is slipping. Portion of the room. Now everybody in that room will yes understand exactly what I said on both terms. Some will resonate with one version, some will resonate with the other. My goal as a person who falls in the realm in the category of pan-Africanism and pro-blackness at least very much to the world I gotta be able to reach both of y'all I gotta be able to reach both of y'all if I'm gonna if we all in the room and I wanna move the room as a collective I have to be able to reach both of y'all and when one side of that room who is used to using a certain verbiage and terminology and ebonics and they want to develop and grow with the rest with the rest of us, which I will never judge them for where they are and what they want to be or who they are right now, you can gladly glow up and grow up with the rest of the room. And no one will have a problem with that. What I dislike um, when it comes to the ideas of pan-Africanism or pro-blackness, in a nutshell, is that they try to put every person who just wants the betterment of our community as African people, as black people around the world, they try to put us in this box and say, we have to be this particular way. That's like saying, in order to clean your house, you have to mop first before you sweep. Knowing I was I was taught the other way. I'm just saying. I, I always see my mom sweep first, and then she mopped. It was it was never the other way around. But if I walked up to you and said, "No, you have to mop first before you sweep your your crib or your house, and it ain't clean," then then what am I doing? What am I now doing? How am I being open to? The way you develop. How am I being accepted or acceptable to the way you were taught? How would that how does that make you feel? Does it reach you? No, you'll get defensive. You'll get you'll get blocked. You know, you start putting your hands up. You're like, man, I don't want to hear that. Ooh, thought you was different. You, you'll get all these things in this box when you start putting people in a box. When we, when we build this flow of unity and my foundation of unity, as I progress, as we progress as a show, as I progress through actions, as I progress through development, business, and all those other lateral things that we have to touch on to build this true foundation of unity, you have to understand that you cannot put people who just want their people to be better in a box because then you become surprised at their versatility, whether you like it or not. Because you then create this off-standage ideal of who they are versus what they actually represent. Because who I am is levels. Like if you meet me, you may perceive that I am just this one way versus Knowing me throughout my levels and stages as a as an elevator. 
So, yes, I believe I am a great black man. I believe I am a great African man. I believe that my people can be better, that my brothers need to do better, that my sisters need to do better, that we as a collective can definitely do better, and that black love is so much prevalent and so much needed as a way to move this giant collective. But you will also hear me say, whether I'm in a family setting, whether I'm in a friend setting, and even sometimes when I'm naturally using my ebonics, which how I was raised through my dialect and my ethnic group, you will hear me say, Y'all niggas get on my nerves sometimes. You you will it will definitely come out, right? I am a person who believes that we can be better, and I am a person who wants for us to be better, but I am not exactly like Dr. Uman. I am not exactly like who else? King Pharaoh. I respect that people have put me in those categories. I literally get that comment. Someone told me, man, you remind me a lot of Dr. Uman, you remind me a lot of King Pharaoh. I, I am honored by those notions because that means that you're that I'm reaching you through my content and through your development. But I am me. The prince is him. I, I am him. I am me. And you have to love that version. Now, going into Pan-Africanism, because I really want to make sure I put this definition down. Right. Pan-Africanism was the attempt to create the sense of brotherhood and collaboration amongst all people of African descent, whether they live inside or outside of Africa. Because the same notion is here. Well, can you be Pan-Africanist? Uh, and can that really be a monolith? I don't believe so, because there are so many greats from W.B. Du Bois to Malcolm X to Marcus Garvey to Stokely Carmichael to Steve Beagle. Uh, to the male girl of nine who've all developed their own versions or diversities while still falling in line and people would still call them men and women and our great women Pan-Africanists. They would still to this day be like, yeah, that was a great man who followed the limelights of Pan-Africanism. I was a great man who followed the limelights of being pro-black. Now, did they do it in their own way? 100%. Did they talk in their own way? Did they walk in their own way? Yes. So, I say this to say this. Neither the realm of supporting your people has to be a monolith. What should be a foundation is the actions you take to reflect what it is that you say. The actions you take should reflect what it is that you say. And that is what should be the foundation. Nothing else. Because a lot of the times we miss the message because of who the messenger is. We miss the message because of who the messenger is. And one of the most recent clips of how that was, and I watched this movie a thousand times. For those who live in America, you probably will know this reference, especially for those who are black Americans. For all my um, brothers and sisters who live outside of the United States, who may not have never seen this movie, just try to follow with me. It's a movie called Baby Boy. And in that movie, the boy Jody explains to his best friend that 
you are walking around in name in name brand clothes, but you don't own anything. You have you've attached the wealth of your dollar to someone you don't know who does not care about you. Most likely, most likely. Doesn't mean that's necessarily true, but most likely does not care about you. And it and it hasn't phased you. Right. And he realized that the world is buyers and sellers. And he says, well, I want to create my own wealth because I understand that the world is based in commodities. And if I'm going to be here, I don't want to be a buyer. I want to be a seller. Now, how do you mold that towards uh, what we call pan-Africanism and and pro-blackness? I don't want you to just be a consumer of everyday products, especially if those products don't um, give back to your community, that the, the dollar doesn't turn over. I would rather you be a seller and then you have the mind frame, especially if you're trying to build the foundation of black progression. And that's every facet. So don't just sell me clothes. Sell me the tools to make clothes. Don't just sell me a car. Sell me the tools to make the car. Don't just sell me health products. Sell me the machinery to to develop better health. And then you do what? You truly build black progression and the dollar turns over and the dollar turns over and the dollar turns over. But who am I to say there's one particular way to do it? No. Some might say, hey, I'm going to build a version of a Hyundai versus someone who says, hey, I'm going to build a version of a, of a Chevy. And that's how we create transportation and SUVs. And that's, and that, that's how we feel that that's the way to go about um, the sturdy and most uh, test-driven safety road compared to your car. That is how they feel. What I care about. Is black transportation, right? If we stick it in, in this anomaly, if we stick it in this metaphor. That's what I care about. I don't care what car it is. I don't care how you get there. I don't care how you say it. I don't care how you do it. The basis is do it. And you stand where you stand. And I won't judge you on where you stand. I just know that that is where you are on the level of elevators of black progression, on the level of elevators of pan-Africanism and these ideals that merge together a lot of the time. And these ideals came so in-depth to give you a piece of history that pan-Africanism and pro-blackness touched beyond and even before the 19th century, before 1900. 19.1, right? It even got into the idea in the French called nigritude, right? Nigritude was created through the movements and ideas of people like Michael Metz, like Marcus Garvey, uh, like Steve Biko, all these people who were evolved in this realm. And it was basically uh, the misc and wolf of African life to gain strength from the closeness of your ancestors, to stay in con- con- consistent closeness with nature, your ancestors, um, to be placed in a proper 
perspective against Western culture. And when they say Western culture, the the negative impact of of a Euro ideal that has damaged the African man from his basis to his greatness. Because there was the African man who evolved and developed into an independent ethnic group called the black man. But that's why I always said, and I made this podcast to tell you that your heritage is very important. You as a black man, no matter how you were developed, your heritage is very important because it leads you to a different foundation. It reminds you that everything that they taught you as a miseducation of your ancestors and, and the, the wealth that the intellectual proud and creativity was wrong. So your heritage is very important to this idea. Now, how you walk in this path is completely on your own. Again, pan-Africanism and pro-blackness is not a monolith. But your actions should have a state foundation. So if you want to chime in on this conversation, please uh, hit us up on Spotify. I will leave uh, the inquiry there, the question there. Is pan-Africanism and pro-blackness a monolith? Does it have to be a monolith? My answer is no, because I am not a monolith. There's very different versions and paths I walk. But my foundation, I do believe in black excellence, black progression, uh, protection of black youth, protection of black women, and collaboration with my black brothers. I do, 100%. And I will holler at y'all later. Hopefully you've gained some important basis on this term, especially uh, to start digging through history of questions like, well, when did Pan-Africanism begin? Began around 1850, 1860, uh, when they had their first African association meeting in London, right? That's that movement. And it was against uh, ideals who said that uh, the African man wasn't this or wasn't that. Or when did pro-blackness begin? That was around the era of the black power movement, which was the 1960s, where you have deacons of defense, their own version of black progression and black pro-blackness. You have the Nation of Islam and their own version of pro-blackness and their way of black progression. You have uh, the women of, of black power, their own version of black greatness and black progression. Examples. Uh, so feel free to look these up. Let me know if you want to chime in. Please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and any other place where you listen to the show. Thank you, and I will holler at y'all later.